I'm super excited that you're joining us for this uh, fifth week in our series, uh, A New Beginning. This week we're talking about what it means to embrace the new. But the first thing is I just would love it if you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and share this on your Facebook page. And if you're not on Facebook, uh, by all means, would you consider sharing a link to our web page? And uh, let's pray. God, I want to give you thanks and praise. You have preserved us through a tough week. The person that's watching on the other side of the screen, it's not an accident that you have orchestrated this moment. So would you just move supernaturally so this will be a blessing uh, in ways that none of us can imagine for all of us that are involved. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. So, as I said earlier, that if, you are, if you're joining us for the first time, this is the fifth week of a new series that I've called A New Beginning. And I've been saying for the last four weeks that God's word to everyone who would dare listen and believe is that right in the middle of this pandemic in 2021, that God wants to make your life fruitful, undeniably impactful. Somebody shout impactful. Type that in the chat. Impactful. We've been looking at the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to figure out, you know, kind of what does this look like when God meets us in a place of suffering and transform our lives into great and undeniable impact. And one uh, noteworthy insight that I want to make about Joseph as we pivot uh, today is that Joseph, while this word is never used in concert with Joseph, in fact, Joseph was exiled in Egypt unexpectedly Joseph was uprooted from his home in Canaan and dropped into Egypt and there he was he was there for 13 years and remarkably in that place of unexpected affliction and suffering God transformed his life into an impact that he could not have imagined and used him in an, in an incredible way to redeem come on now the legacy of his family and I think that God is saying this to you as you listen to me that he wants to use you to bring impact in this world in ways that you cannot imagine and perhaps use you to redeem the legacy of your family or at least extend it and expand it. Today we want to look at a passage in uh, the book of Isaiah. We actually started here uh, in the first week of our teaching. And this passage occurs... Uh, multiple generations forward uh, in terms of Joseph's descendants now called the nation of Israel. And they too are uprooted unexpectedly from Jerusalem and from the larger nation of Judah. And they too are exiled. Can somebody say exile? Exile in a foreign context in Babylon. They are taken 1,600 miles away from their homeland. And it is in that place that God uses the prophet to say to them exactly what he uh, demonstrated in Joseph's life, exactly what he wants to demonstrate in our lives, which is to say, hey, right where life has landed you, I want to make you fruitful. It doesn't matter who you are, right? The retiree or the grand parent or the high school or middle school student or the stay-at-home parent. It doesn't matter who you are. You're working in a warehouse, you're a cashier at, at uh, Safeway or a doctor or a lawyer or a police officer or a CEO, it, it, an educator. does not matter who you are or where you are. I want to make your life, God says, 
irrefutably impactful. And here's, here's what he says to the prophet Isaiah. You'll remember these if you've been with us, this scripture, if you've been with us from the beginning. This is what the Lord says, Isaiah writes. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm going to make a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. There ends the reading. Praise God. And so, uh, God says, uh, if you let me, I'll do the unexpected and something absolutely brand new. Now, the first thing that I want to suggest is, as I told you in the weeks before, that what God is really saying is, I want to involve you in my process of redemption. If you go a few verses just before, God identifies himself as the Redeemer. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He identifies as the Redeemer. Here's what it means uh, to understand God as the Redeemer. It means that when we look around us in this world, we see toxicity in our politics. We see sickness and death and long food lines and all kinds of challenges that you're dealing with in your home and on your job. Here's the deal. You may not look like it, but God is still sitting on the, on the throne. And not only is God sitting on the throne, God is at work in the background of your life. Listen, one of the reasons why I like, I, 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 this is probably true about Android phones as well, but I'm an iPhone user, so I like iPhone. I can talk about iPhones. Here's the deal. When I clear apps off of my screen, on my iPhone, and I turn, on, I turn it off and turn it back on, and those apps are gone. While I don't see them on my screen, they're still running in the background. That's how I get my notifications and all the different things that goes off that keeps me alert and focused because the applications are running in the background, although I don't see it on the on my screen. Here's this what I'm trying to tell you guys. You, you may be looking at the politics and looking at stuff that's going on in your life and you don't see God anywhere on the screen of your life but I'm here to assure you and this is what God was saying to the folk that was, uh, this is what he was saying to Israel that was in exile in Babylon. He was saying, listen, I'm here to assure you that I'm working in the background and that I intend to do something impactful and unexpected right where you are. And so as I've always said, God's got a process. His process is one of redemption. And he invites us into that process. And it's working that process that he gives us a new beginning. Now, uh, notice how this scripture really rehearses some of the lessons we've already learned and expands upon, expands them as well. Notice uh, that the first step in God's process is God says through the prophet Isaiah, you, the first thing you got to do is forget. And we told you four weeks ago, if you missed this, just simply go to our website and, 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 and catch up on the messages that you've missed. We told you in the first two weeks of this uh, teaching that there are some things that you've got to forget. Here's what the scripture says. Forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. God says, I'm going to do something brand new and give you undeniable impact. There's some stuff you need to forget in 2021. Secondly, he says, uh, I, I need to get your focus, right? Notice the word see in that, or behold, or pay attention to what I'm doing. And 
Last week and the week before last, I talked to you about focus. I talked to you about getting focused and staying focused. And I told you last week, listen, I said, hey, you need to figure out what's your, what is your goal for this year, 2021. And, and get focused on it and build a smart process to follow it through. But as we think about this text here where God says, see, behold, pay attention to what I'm doing. I'm doing a new thing. It, it is a reminder that when you, when you, as you think through your goal for this year, your life goal for this year, don't go tell God what it is. Go ask God, what is it? God, since you're moving in the background of life and, 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 and since you're at work and you already know how you want my life to fit into your redemptive work in the world, what should my, the goal of my life be for 2021? High schoolers? Just write that down and say, now I'm going to check that out. I'm going to spend some time asking, what should be the goal of my life? In 2021, retirees? That's the question. So, and then get focused. Shout focus. And now, and then as we continue to read the text, he, he then says, well, look, the first step is you got to forget some stuff. Second step is uh, you got to get focused and stay focused. The third step is you got to embrace the new. That's got to be your attitude. That I'm going to embrace the new. Look at what the text says here. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Uh, another way of translating now it springs up. It has already started. Amidst all of the chaos and all of the frustration and all of the fears and all of the confusion, it has already started. I'm, I'm working in the background. Come on, you, 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 you don't see it. You're not sure where it's, but, but I'm at work. It's already started. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Have you, have you not noticed it? Do you not see it? Can you not find it? All right. So as we get ready to embrace the new, let me suggest that embracing the new involves really three basic insights. I want to back into the first insight. Uh, over the last several weeks, I've had different people who live here in the local Bay Area have come and said to me, we're part of the NBCC community, look, we're moving, we're moving to... Texas or to Atlanta or to uh, Connecticut and uh, but we're going to still be connected and and uh, we're going to still serve because we figured out that we can do that and I would say to each one of them listen uh, it's sad to hear that you're leaving the Bay Area but uh, if this had been a year ago i had been devastated but because it's now and because I know that when the pandemic is over, we're not returning to the old world. And because I'm committed that here at NBCC, we're going to do ministry in the new world. <laughs> I'm cool with it <laughs> because our first priority, you know, once we get beyond this pandemic is we're going to be raising up our campus, a physical campus in Redwood City, a physical campus in San Jose. But we're going to continue to aggressively expand our presence online, not just so that people can watch us and worship by watching us, but so that we can act. We're working hard right now to figure out how to, how to actively connect you to live and living relationships in our small groups we call life groups, in our serving opportunities, both online and wherever you are. And so whether it's the Chans in Ohio or whether it's 
Regine and Damien in Connecticut, or whether it's Karen and Dennis in Texas, that, that they can, they're scattered all over the country and many others, and yet still be a part of what God is doing, the new thing that God is doing through NBCC, because we're ready to embrace the new. Are you ready to embrace the new? That's your question. If you genuinely want a new beginning in 2021, you've got to be ready. Or are you expecting that when the pandemic is over, you're going to go back to an old norm? Spoiler alert. You won't be able to do that. Get ready to embrace the new. A second insight as I back into this first insight is that uh, in order to embrace the new, we need to be rigorously honest with ourselves. You know, the nation of Israel, they had a lot in common with us when they were in exile in Babylon. They were 1,600 miles from their worship place, totally disconnected, could not go to the house, to their temple, to the house of worship, just like we can. 1,600 miles from their family and friends, totally disconnected from their family and friends, and they didn't have Zoom and Google Chat and FaceTime and all that stuff that we have. They didn't have it, totally disconnected, so they got they, they went, they felt like they went to sleep in one cultural context and they woke up in a total radically different cultural context. They were exiled in a foreign land among pagan customs and, 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 and patterns. We certainly feel like, I, I, we certainly feel like we're exiled in a foreign place, right? Isn't this time foreign to you? I mean, uh, basketball and football games played in empty arenas and empty stadiums. Uh, listening to the presidential inauguration uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and listening to the band in the parade. By, by the way, the, my alma mater, Grambling State University Band, was also a part of that, that whole array of bands. Uh, and hearing the echoes of the music uh, echoing off empty streets, man, that's foreign land. Just foreign. The toxicity and dysfunction, unprecedented dysfunction of our government, man, this is, this, this is, unfamiliar context and yet in the midst of this unfamiliar context the nation of Israel collectively didn't feel like they had somehow earned the right for God's favor because they knew that at the pinnacle of their power they had literally turned their back on God they had essentially said to God in so many words uh, we don't want you in our lives uh, we're going to do it our way uh, uh, you know make us in a sense we just don't care. Refuted his law. They, they kicked against the way he told them they should treat each other. And on and on and on. And yet God remained merciful and grace-filled towards them and refused to give up on them. So the question, you know, let me just show it to you. In the text, here's, here's what he says in the text about the nation. In the same chapter, just a little further down, after he says, I'm going to do a new thing, he basically says, look, I, I want you to be rigorously honest about yourself, and then I want you to see something about me. Here's the rigorous honesty about yourself. You've not brought me fragrant calamus or please me with the fat from sacrifice. In other words, you, you, you haven't engaged in sacrificial worship to demonstrate to me that I am your first love. And I told you guys last week that that which is the highest love in your life shapes who you are. And that God, the God that we know in Jesus is selfless and and is forgiving and redemptive and is love itself and is faithful. And, and as we make that God the, 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 the highest expression of our love, we become selfless and redemptive and forgiving and loving. 
and faithful. He says, instead, you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your faults. But I am the one who has loved you with an everlasting love. And let me just tell you, I refuse to give up on you. Here's the deal. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. I'm still determined to accomplish what I intended to accomplish with your life if I can just get a little cooperation from you. And so here's the cooperation. First insight here, you got what? Own, I've got to own my stuff, guys. The, the, the biblical word here is repent. I've got to own my stuff. You've got to own your stuff. Where my life is out of alignment with God, where I'm Lord and he's not. Somebody shout, own my stuff. Okay, here's the deal. Here's your homework assignment. I want to challenge you now. Most of us, we don't know all the places that our lives is out of line. We don't know all of what God's will is for our lives. But you know some of the places, right? In terms of your stewardship of your body or your stewardship of your time or how you're managing your money or how you're interacting with people in your house or how you're interacting with people. You know some of the places where your life is out of line. You know unhealthy patterns and addictions. You know some of the places, right? You, we don't, you, you know. So I want to challenge you. Let's, let's make an inventory. When this worship gathering is over, up to, up to five. Let's make a list up to five places where your life is out of alignment with God's will. And then we're going to return to this next week and we talk about being better. But this notion of repentance, you're saying to God, listen, I'm powerless in these areas. I surrender these areas to you that you might be God in these areas. I want to do better. I want to be better. I surrender to you. Point number one, can somebody say, own my stuff? The second insight, if you want to embrace the new, is that you got to shift. I've got to shift my perspective. I'm really talking about mindset. Everybody shout mindset. Come on, type that into the chat. Mindset. Listen to how it's revealed in the text. Listen to the passage here. Well, in the passage that Isaiah said. Now, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You see, part of our ability to see what God is doing in the world, what he's doing in our lives, what he's doing through the challenges in our lives, has everything to do with our mindset. Our perspective, the lens through which we look at our challenges, the lens through which we look at our circumstances, the lens through which we look at life itself, the lens through which we look at ourselves and the people that we love. Your perspective. And the one of the reasons why I chose the word repent in the previous insight is because one side of repent, repent means kind of a change of heart. But the other side of the same word for repent also means a change in perspective, a new way of seeing things. God is inviting you, if you're going to get ready to embrace the new, right? He, he's, going to, he's going to invite a new way of seeing things that allows for innovation and creativity and imagination and some radical shifts in how we dream and what we pursue. Wow. Let me, let me give you an example. Mindset. Somebody shout mindset. There's, sociologist tells us at least two major types of mindsets that we can uh, find ourselves working with. Now, I want you to take out your phone and take a picture of this. 
Because I want you to kind of think this through. I want you to ask yourself, is this, is this my mindset? We call this a growth mindset. That if you, have, if you think like uh, these examples here, then it means that you're, you're open to God doing new things in your life. Notice, ask yourself, is this how you think? I can learn anything I want to do. I don't know it, but I can learn it. When I fail, it's a learning opportunity. When I'm frustrated, I don't quit. I just, pers- I just persevere, persevere. And if you succeed, if the other person succeeds, I'm inspired. I found a new mentor, a new model. I found a new source of inspiration that says, you know what? I can do it too. Maybe not that, but I can do this because I'm called to do this. You see, this is the mindset. God moves us into a new place uh, when, we're, when, we, when, when we're open to being lifelong learners, right? He, he moves us into new places when we're not afraid to fail, when we see fa- failing as opportunities to keep growing. He moves us into new places when we don't allow frustrations to cause us to quit but persevere, when we're inspired by the successes of others as, because we've got a certain humility and posture of heart. Is this you? Or do you have what we call a fixed mindset? Here's, here, here's, here's fixed. And I want you to seriously take a picture of this. Take, take a picture of this so you can wrestle with this. This is not about condemning anybody, uh, 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 trying to uh, say anything bad about you. It's just saying, look, we all show up in broken life. And broken life impacts us in, some, in different ways. And here's one of the ways it impacts us in what I call a fixed mindset, right? The thinking that either I'm good at it or I'm not. This, never mind, I can learn. No, no, I'm either good or I'm not. When I fail, I'm no good. When I'm frustrated, I'll try it for a little bit, and then I'm just going to quit. If you succeed, if the other person succeeds, I find myself feeling threatened by their success. I'll turn to this a little bit next week when we talk about being better. But, but take a picture of this. And, 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 and if you find yourself inside of this, uh, then, then it, it, it helps you with this prayer that I'm going to suggest that you pray. Watch this. Put the prayer up. Redeeming God. That's the God we know in Jesus. Change my perspective so I can see what you see. Praise God. You notice every few weeks I give you a different prayer to pray because I believe that ultimately change that starts in the spirit spirit and the soul. It's not self-help change. It's a change that begins with God at work. And we have to ask for it, guys. We have to surrender our lives in his presence to his authority and to his power. That that's not the only thing we have to do, but that is, a, that is an important thing we have to do. And here's the third insight. <clears throat> Expect God's orchestrated surprises. God orchestrates us. You know, God is always at work, even in the worst of circumstances, surprising us. Yeah, here's what we've learned. If you look at some of the worst pandemics, for example, uh, across history, whether you're talking about the so-called Black Death of the 14th century, or whether you're talking about the, the, uh, uh, the flu pandemic of, of uh, 1918, some of them, in the midst of all that horror, some of the breakthroughs that have changed the world has come through those pandemics. 
whether whether you're talking about uh, 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 the working poor uh, uh, being positioned for better pay and better work conditions, or whether you're talking about going from a wooden hospital bed to a metal hospital bed, or whether you're talking about uh, this this quote unquote such what we now call public health emerging or the sanit uh, uh, sanitation practices uh, in in the city, garbage sewage, right? Or epidemiology, this notion of, of doctors saying, I'm not just going to treat you because you're sick, but, but, but a whole gathering of scientists trying to figure out how to keep people from being sick. Or vaccines that have, have saved millions of lives of people who deal with uh, from the mumps to polio to malaria, and the list goes on and on and on. That, that, that God does the unexpected. He has the power to pull the unexpected out of some of the worst horrors. Look at, look at the text here. Look, look what he says. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. A way, that's another word. You can translate that. A highway in the wilderness and, and streams, rivers in the wasteland. That, that, that God is a God who does the unexpected, who orchestrates the surprises. And, and, and God says that if I can get you to have the right mindset come on you're part of the orchestration that come on now that I did that if you will if you will lend me your imagination your creativity I will birth through you come on innovation and brand new possibilities and will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think but you've got to at least look for it and expect it and don't allow the fact but because I didn't answer these prayers to convince you that I'm not in the prayer answering business. Wow. I wanted to take a moment to talk about these remarkable things that have come up out of these horrible pandemics. And we have experienced some miracles now. These vaccines that have, been, that have come online, they're going to save millions upon millions of lives long after the pandemic is over. I want to lean down here, lean in here, because I know that some of us have lost loved ones to this COVID, and we feel that it's such a needless loss. And in so many ways, it's true. And yet, I just want you to know, as I've said before, that God has the last word about death, but I'm also saying here that God has this way of squeezing bringing good out of the worst of things. So I just want you to know that these vaccines that have emerged that will save millions of lives means that your loved ones who have died to COVID have not died in vain. God is at work in the background bringing good out of horror. Let me end with this story and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just finished. And my wife told me this story. She says this is a true story. She'd heard that, uh, that a little boy heard his father talking about his oldest son who needed brain surgery. They didn't have the money, and, and the father said, the boy's going to need a miracle. A young boy exited and uh, broke open his piggy bank, and he got, I don't know, $12.04 out and ran up to the pharmacy. He was going to go buy a miracle. The pharmacist just kept talking and talking. The boy was anxious. He couldn't get his attention. So the boy started to kind of act out. And the pharmacist just chill out. I'll get there when I get there. And the little boy says, I don't have time. I don't have a moment to wait. My brother needs a miracle. 
the fellow that the pharmacist was talking to said, well, what kind of miracle does your brother need? And the young man talked about the brain surgery. It turns out that the fellow the pharmacist was talking to was a brain surgeon. He was so moved and so inspired by the whole thing that he found out about the family, found out about the young man, and ultimately performed the surgery free of charge. Miracle. That is the God we serve. That is the God who says, if you look for it, that is the God who says, keep expecting God orchestrated surprises in your life. Somebody say amen. God, thank you for your, the good news that you're still at work. Help us to believe and trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Listen, let me take you to our uh, connection card that's in the app. And if you go to the connection card, you've got three options. Saying yes to Jesus, coming back to Jesus, you know, or asking for more information. Man, it, it really starts there. And then I want to challenge you to say yes to our response to the message, uh, 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 message response. God, help me to embrace the new thing you're doing in my life. Take a picture of this, right? And if you're in the app, just check yes. But I want you to make this your commitment. And last, but certainly not least, here's a reflection question. What does living with empathy and expectation look like in your life? I'm going to talk a lot. Of, I'm going to talk about empathy next week. But wrestle with this question. What does it look like in your life today? Lord willing, I'll see you next week. God bless. Be better. That's what we're talking about next week, so be sure to join us. Also, if you want to know when we, when we go live in terms of worship, go ahead and press the notification bell on our Facebook page or in our Facebook app. Additionally, I want to just invite you to join us today at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for our virtual baptism celebration. You've never seen a virtual baptism. Join us today. And if you'd like to be a part of our refresh midweek worship gathering, go ahead and fill out the link that's on the screen uh, here. And if you want to hang out with some of our team,